as Pastor John Villani, Nina's brother, comes to share the word. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate that. Wow. Someone's got to tell Pastor Mark that lawyers don't enter the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> but uh, nah, it's good. So what a wonderful thing to be here. And, you know, Pastor Mark's talking about that, but, you know, I like to extend it a bit more in that Pastor Fred's here. And what an honor it is, because that's how we got it. We got it off of them, a Pastor Fred and Pastor Andrew. We built off of them, you know, and that's what we are, and that's what we're doing is because of their, you know, contributing. And we want to honor you tonight. Thank you. You know, amazing, amazing men of God. And I don't know if you really realize how, how privileged you guys are. You know, sometimes when you're in your own environment, you don't realize how good it is. <laughs> I don't really know how, I, I do know how good I got it at home. It's a great place because I've got a great wife who cooks well, and uh, it's good. <laughs> but, um, but I'm just so excited to be here tonight because, you know, Pastor Mark always tries to twist my hand and tries to always, he puts it in a way, and I just felt, you know, the reason why I'm on this stage now preaching tonight, I felt the Lord really challenged me tonight. Because I've been challenging my mum to come to over here to be here. Because, uh, uh, you know, it's a real huge challenge for her to be here. So we've been talking to her about it, and God's been speaking to her about it. So, and she's here today by the grace of God. Let me tell you, it is by the grace of God. So, and God just really just, the Holy Spirit just challenged me. He says, well, your mum can come here, and you can't get up here and share a word. And I felt really challenged. So I really feel, okay, God, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge this, and I'll share this from my heart what God has placed in my heart for. It's something, you know, it might be some things that will be a bit challenging, but I'm sure it will encourage you to go for it because I believe that God, what God's doing here is something that is tremendous. You know, if you could only see <laughs> what God has for you guys and the people that are crying out in your community that have no idea, but God hears their cries. And he's just waiting for you guys just to, all you have to do is shine your light. Just be light. And what, uh, what he's offering to the church is fantastic. Get your life sorted out. Get those things. And what, on that journey, it's amazing what people can connect with you. And you just bring them on the journey. Because there's not too many that know how to show the love of Christ unless there's a catch to it. But the good thing about the kingdom of God is all that we have is because of Christ. <laughs> and we have the Holy Spirit that has placed us in, placed into us. And that light can shine through us as we daily just die to our own self. And say, come on, all right, Holy Spirit, it's not my thing, it's your thing, come on, let's do this. And, uh, and it's amazing what he can do through you. Wow. Well, I want to honor you too, Mark and Nina. What, you know, it's true what you said. You know, I'm, I'm a true witness of that in the sense that, you know, I, we look after our mum because she's got a, a bit of memory loss, you know, and she's suffering through this horrible disease. And every morning, without fail, we have communion together. And we just share, and she would pray. We'd take communion, and then after we pray. And the prayers <laughs> that have come up for you guys, you have no idea. No idea at all. And I just, just see that oh, God's grace, and that's why she says, I've been here before, because she's been here already, what God has seen in the Spirit. When you start praying in the Spirit, you begin to see things, and you call things out that are not even there. That's why you need to begin to walk by faith and not by sight. See, and that's the thing, because I thought, how am I ever going to get my mum here? It was a huge challenge, but I was looking in the natural. And it's amazing what you could do in the Spirit. And let me tell you, it was phenomenal. And 
We've got their challenges, but God is greater. God is better. But I just want to say, this is a precious thing. And I hope you can see it as well, that what you'll have here is precious. You know, and uh, God, have you ever thought about what is actually precious to you? What is precious to you? I'll go over here, I'm sure your iPhone is very precious to you, or Android, or I guess it's the closest thing to you. <laughs> the next thing that's pretty precious, I guess, is the internet, mate. You switch that on, the phone's no good anymore. <laughs> so those things are very, very precious to you. Other people, I tell you what, they'll do anything to get a good meal, so that meal is a precious thing when it comes along. Or maybe you've got some friends or some connections that are very, very precious to you. You know, but... Um, I'm sure that we all can connect with something that is precious to us, right? But what is precious maybe to me, maybe not be precious to you. You know, what is precious to you? I've just laughed at it. I said, you really love that bag? It's precious to you? It looks fantastic. I know you went out of your way. It looks phenomenal, but it's just a bag for me. But you might say, that's my precious bag. You know what I mean? Oh, anyway, early in my marriage, I learned this very, very early stage. My wife had this print. It was a precious, I didn't know it was precious to her, but anyway, I gave this print away to someone. I thought, this is great. Someone just commented on how lovely this print was. It was signed, they had a signature on it and everything like that. And uh, I think it was pro heart, it had numbered and everything. And I said, baby, you can, I just gave it to someone, you know. And she just stood there and then I learned what was not precious to me <laughs> was definitely precious to her. Now, I'm here because uh, Jack and Tiana just got married, <laughs> and I'm sure they're going on this journey as well. <laughs> what is precious to them? <laughs> well, Jack, oh, the, I don't know if you told your son the true story. You know, it, it, Jack thought he had a wedding yesterday. But actually, he didn't have a wedding. He had a funeral. <laughs> he had his own funeral. He went to his own funeral. He had to die to self, man. No more of those God-fear T-shirts that he has. No more of those, you know, shoes that he has anymore. You know that he could say, hey, that's precious to me. No, he went to his funeral. He had to die to himself, right? And he had to connect with his wife. And it's amazing when someone you love so much... You know what happens? You can die to those things because then they're no longer precious to you as much as Tiana is precious to him now. So those things will soon be easy to do. But when something is so precious to you, you'll do anything in your power to keep it. Do you know that you are precious to God? You are so precious to him. You know, John 3.16, in God's word, the Bible speaks about a lot of things about how God displays this preciousness to us. And uh, you might have seen the scripture up. It just talks about it. We can have it on the screen. You see it at, uh, it's behind me. It's up here. Okay, it's everywhere. That's what I love. <laughs> the word of God needs to be everywhere. It's even on the back screen, but you need special glasses to get to that one. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Come on, speak it with me. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God expressed his love to us by giving up his own only son, Jesus Christ, and he restored him to us. The breath of life that was taken from Adam and Eve because of the choices and the disobedience that they went through, come on, Jesus restored that breath again so that we can be spiritually breathing again. 
forever. And when you believe in this, then you're only become precious to God. But I tell you, it turns around, you become precious not only to Him, but all of a sudden, it becomes precious to you as well. 1 Peter 2, 7 says now, To you who believe, the stone is precious. Now, this verse is not referring to any stone. You know, it's not a stone that you pick up on the road, you know, oh, this is precious to those who believe. I'm not talking about a, a road stone or the big stones or, or maybe a, a beautiful stone on somebody's young lady's finger right now, those beautiful diamonds. It's not referring to those stones. This stone is referring to Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, the capstone, the one, the unremovable stone who was rejected by the religious leaders and became a precious gift to everybody who believes. You know, early, early one morning, when I read this verse, you know, some, who's, I don't know if you've experienced this, but sometimes when you read and something comes alive to you, this verse just bursted out and I began to meditate on this verse now to you who believe this stone is precious. Oh, how precious Jesus is to me. Amen. I can't hold it back. You know, tears just flood down my, my cheeks and to know how precious Jesus was and is to me. And then all of a sudden, all these verses came running into my mind. There's a psalm in 139, verse 17. Am I meditating how precious Jesus is to me? <laughs> this, this verse blows me away. It says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God, that can't even be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grain of sands. Here I am meditating how precious Jesus is to me. And he just Goes over the top, says, I've been, you're more than me. I've been just thinking about you. I've just been dreaming about you. I've just been all over you. I've just, oh, it's going to be, whoa, it's going to be, you're my precious one. God's news, the good news of Jesus, has an endless good thoughts about you all the time. And he wants to download it to you every day through his word, the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture, that means everything that's contained in his word, the Bible tells us, is God's breath. And it is useful to teach us in what is true and what makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. Well, it's like a mirror, isn't it, hey? The mirror shows you and reflects what needs to be fixed. That's God's word to us. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip us to equip his people to do every good work. That's what I love about what Emerge Church is doing. Not only are they just giving you the Bible, they're setting up stuff for you this, this year, you know, instead of this, this season that's coming in, that you can do things, that you can enlarge yourself, that you can grow yourself in God. And I want to encourage you, don't hold back. This is your opportunity. Who knows about tomorrow? The offer is now for you. You need to stretch yourself. You need to make yourself available. Let me tell you, those courses that are available there, some of them I do 
and they are just life-changing, especially the personal freedom course. That freedom course will just enlighten you. It will help you to see how large God is and how much he wants more of you and when the things that are restricting you in a way because you just, uh, yeah, it just brings revelation and great truth in that. You know, his word are living and life-giving and will guide you and lead you into every good thing. Can I say that my Bible is precious to me? You have a look at it, and it's done a few kilometers. <laughs> it's been with me. You know, and, and, let me tell you. No, I didn't forget it in my trousers. It didn't go in the washing machine. It didn't go, oh, shush, shush, shush. <laughs> it's actually been worn because I actually love it, and I use it. And I'm encourage you. I don't know. Who's got a hard copy of this? Or everybody on the, just on the phone now, is it? I don't, how do you highlight something that's electrical? You know, how do you just say Jesus spoke to me out of this? How do you do it? How, I don't know how you do it, but anyway, can I encourage you? My way, I like it. It's, it's precious because I know exactly what page God spoke to me. There's a tear there. There's a note off the side. I highlight it. I write on it, and I just, just, just. It just speaks to me so wonderful. So if you haven't got a hard one. Get a hard one. <laughs> Get a hard copy. Keep, you don't have to take it with you everywhere. It's exactly, you can keep it in a special place at home. And when you have that time with God, you can pull it out. Don't worry about the phone because it's so distracting. There's so much on that iPhone. That's why it's so precious to you because it's so much involved in it. Just let it go. <laughs> Just grab the hard copy <laughs> and wear it out. And then you can show past months. See, I've done a few kilometers, man. <laughs> but it's awesome. And I can tell you what, you know, the challenge this year. Challenge, don't worry, they'll cut, they won't cut any more trees because no one's buying them as much as they were before. They're all going electronically, so we've saved it. Go and get yourself a great Bible, great. all right? Sit it down. You don't have to bring it with you to church, but you need to have it in a place. Highlight it, color it in, do whatever you can because it will become precious to you. You know, the key word here is to believe. And to believe his word will bring an incredible change to your life. You know, when I was a, a, a little, I must be talking about my mum now, but she'll probably hit me over the head after, but that's all right. I'll take it now. I remember when we were just young, and I learned this, I learned it from my mum. She had a Bible, and she colours it in, and she writes in it, she does everything, you know, and she had this special Bible. It was a large print Italian Bible, and she had one of those, and then she had a smaller one that she used to take to church in the car. Right, And this Sunday, I don't know what happened, but she bought her homestay Bible, I call it, and, it, and she bought it in a car with her, and she had a little one that just fits in the bag. You know? So we went to our service, Sunday morning service. We went there, you know, and she left that one in the car. Well, after church, we come out the car, and my dad's looking for the car, but there's no car. It was an EH station wagon, green car, you know, and it was parked. Where's the car gone? My mum is so upset. I tell you what, she started... Yeah, and, just, and she starts praying. She says, God, I don't care what they do with that car. Whatever it is, I don't care. But I love that Bible. I want that Bible back. I want that Bible back. That Bible, I don't care what they do to the car, but I want that Bible back. And she kept praying. I said, Mom, and the police made the report, and uh, it, it went missing. A couple of days later, they found the car right about 50 kilometers out of Adelaide in a place called Murray Bridge. And we went there, and it was totally right off man they they smashed it, it they, they destroyed it everywhere and we went through it and my dad went through it with my uncle and my mum said make sure you look to see if the bible was there there was no bible there was nothing in there you know and if you know 
Adelaide to Murray Bridge is a bit of country, you know. So there's no way. But my mom says, she's just praying, God, bring that Bible back to me. God, you know how precious it is. I've got all the things of what you've done to me, the promises you gave me. And she began to pray and she began to seek God. You know, a couple of three weeks later, this incredible thing, we heard a knock at the door. And this guy comes at the door and he comes with a Bible. He says, is this you, E. Villani, free Philistine man? He says, yes, this is, I've come to return your Bible. I said, where'd you do that? He goes, and we found out that these guys, when they were driving off, whoever pinched the car, right, picked up my mum's Bible in the country, and they just done the window, and they just threw it out the highway, threw the Bible out the highway. And this farmer was just mowing his lawn just along his thing. He comes and finds the Bible, <laughs> feels compelled, looks up the address, and feels compelled. I've got to bring this book back to this lady. She put her name and address on it. She got the Bible. Because why? Because it was precious to her, because she wrote the things in. Now, just every day I'll go to my mum, I can show you a photo. Actually, I've got a photo. She'll kill me after, but anyway. I'll show you a photo. This was late at night. It's about probably about 9 o'clock at night. I was coming home from an appointment. I saw the light on, and I said, I'll just go and see what they're doing. She's reading the Bible. 9 o'clock. Why? Because she's bringing God's word and the promises that have a lie. She underlines it, and it's coming truth. And let me tell you, that's why you're blessed, because God speaks to her through the word, and you get it. Can I tell you, there is so much in that that can be a blessing to you. So this year, make it, make it, make it a, pre, a, pre, a what's the word? Precious to you. Make God's word precious to you. And when you believe in Jesus, you, it opens the door to receiving him and receiving his word into you. My first car, it was precious to me. Anybody got a car that's precious to them? The boys, come on. <laughs> it was precious to me because my parents gave me this car. You know what I mean? My, my dad, well, he worked for Holden's for 42, 45 years, I think. 42 years. He got a gold watch and someone pinched it. So he said, I've got to work some more to get another one. <laughs> so anyway, worked all this time. So he's, he, got, he bought this car. It's Kingswood. Beautiful car. Gold color. You know what I mean? That's a HX, 1977. So they gave it to me. And my dad never used to drive. It was only as a family. Anyway, and this car, and he gave it to me. And I said, wow, excellent, fantastic. Just got married. Only had 50 kilometers on the thing. It was, it was beautiful, Nick, fantastic. You know, but everybody thought it was like, you know, but it's a stock standard, you know, just, just a car. But for me, it was precious because of what my dad and mom and how they, well, the things that we did in that car was just phenomenal, fantastic. That was our vehicle to church, to do things. And, and it was so precious to me. And then, but people would see that car and they think it's a, it's a rust bucket. What's it's rubbish, man? What is it? Rubbish. Anyway, anyway, here's a picture of the car. I reckon it was all right. <laughs> There's a the car. It's a HX, it's nothing. My dad loved it. It's a color gold. He thought he was a millionaire. <laughs> the color gold. <laughs> but anyway, that, that was the car. You know, how look at that. Beautiful. Look at the number plate. That's unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, I'm driving this car. And it's precious to me. And all these guys are honking at me. They're honking at me. They're doing all this stuff. And they're saying, oh, they're thinking my car's drunk. And I just just don't worry about it, man. That's precious to me. I love this car. My dad gave me that car. My dad worked hard for that car. You know, and that's just, and they're honking me, they're going down, down, woo laughing at me. And I realized what I do one day, and uh, I realized, what's going on? Why are these people always honking and thinking at me? You know, I went to 
put petrol in the car. Now, to get to the petrol tank of the car, it's right at the back, and you have to drop the number plate and undo the, and put the petrol in, you see? And what I realised, someone had scratched a letter <laughs> in my number And I thought, you think that my car is a car, a rust bucket? And it's... <laughs> well, what could I say? <laughs> I better rewind my notes. <laughs> no. Well, it made me sense one day, as I stopped, like I said, and the number plate, right, putting petrol in. And they thought this pressure car was more, it was worse than rubbish, right? <laughs> so I said, why didn't I put a U in there <laughs> so they'll shut them up <laughs> instead of that? But the point is this. Here's the point. You know, don't get upset when people think you're rubbish because they don't believe this thing is precious to you. They'll throw everything in your face. They'll write letters on you. They'll make things of you. They'll just put everything apart on you. But if something is precious to you, let me tell you, it doesn't matter what everybody says. You just continue to light that shine, shine that light. Let them know, hey, this is the best thing. Why? Because it's mine and I've experienced and I know what it has done to me. The preciousness of Jesus should never be only used in the, in the meant, but not only is not meant to be for us as well, but also it's meant to shine a light for everybody else. You know, they will never understand why you worship, why you hang out in a spiritual community, why you love each other and serve in each other. They just see the trash. But when they believe, when they come to a place of realizing themselves, you know, we must go on shining for Jesus. And let me tell you, they'll see what seems trash or become precious to them as well. You know, before my parents gave me this car, like I said, it was a family car. It was, it was my dad's car, but not only did he drive it, but my dad made it my, his family car. You know, and being a family car, he says, no, it's, it's a family car. It's not my car. It's the family's car. I said, wow, that's all right. So it's, it's no difference. If I drive, if you drive, it's no difference. There's a bus of someone to drive with the car. It's all right. So here's a family car. Is it my car? Is your car? No, everything the same. So we feel and we use the car. So it wasn't my dad's car. He was our car. You know, and this is the great thing about it. When you know and when you have that precious gift, you realize that Jesus is big enough and great enough that I don't have to just hold it on for myself, but I can actually share it. Because you think you'll have less of him if you share it, but it happens the opposite. You actually gain more of him when you give it away, when you give it away. I remember, you know, Oh, one, this particular Sunday was a special Sunday for us. I love that car because it had a bench seat. 
They don't make those seats anymore. Thank the Lord for the young people who don't have those bench seats anymore. <laughs> Pastor Freddie, that's true. No more bench seats. No more. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> when we, we could fit seven people in that car. It's fantastic. <laughs> so we just open one door and everybody gets in, you know. And, uh, and my grandma, she was nine years old. So I'll just, here we go. Here's the picture on a Sunday morning. My dad will be waiting. Come on, let's go. We'll be late for church. The motor will be starting, everybody, and then they'll start coming in. I would actually sit next to my dad. Then my grandma would be next to me. Yeah, my grandma. No, no, my mum would be in the front. And then my three sisters and my grandma in the back. And then uh, we, can't, we can't go until we pray. This, this, we cannot leave the house because the angel, we got, we, dear Jesus, my mum will freak out. Dear Jesus. Please watch us. Make sure the angels don't leave us and give us a safe journey to church in Jesus' name. Amen. Then my dad will put it in reverse and we'll start moving. <laughs> and my mum would be driving. Not go to Pastor 60, the angel go away. Too fast for the angel. <laughs> we're only about 10 minutes away. Like we're in the city. You can't even, the car doesn't even warm up and we're there. You know? <laughs> anyway, we're in church and this fantastic Sunday. Because, you know. There and here, my, my grandma, 90 years old, and that particular day, 90 years old, there was an older call, something you're sharing about the preciousness of Jesus, about how good Jesus is. And that day in this service, she got up from the chair, she walked to the front at 90 years old, and she gave her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. Why? And I credit to my dad because he didn't, he shared what he had. He opened his heart. He didn't keep it to himself. Can I encourage you? Don't think the stuff you have is yours. It's not. It's yours to share. And it's amazing as you share it, it just keeps growing. I don't know how it works, but I just know God adds to it. So this year, make yourself that, that precious thing that is precious to you. Give it out a bit more. Share it out a bit more. Let it out a bit more. And you watch what God can do with it. And make it grow in Jesus' name. Is there somebody getting something out of this tonight? All right. You know, as I began to think, what is really precious to me? Well, my wife is precious to me. She's a godly gift to me. Our girls, our three beautiful girls, they're precious to me. Our family, my parents, my extended family, spiritual family, the community, they're all precious to me. So where would I want to invest in, what would I want to do more so, is to give, to share, to talk about, to pray about, to invest into the thing that is most precious, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's over us. You know, when... I'm talking about my mum here. Been doing this journey with her about, you know, well, my father, we lost my dad about, I well, didn't lose him. I just, when he died, I just said he just, he just, he, re he reached home. He arrived home. That's where he is, praising and rejoicing in the presence of Jesus. But every day I could see, you know, there's amazing things that happen when you pray. The best communication that you can have to someone that you, is precious to you is to spend time with them. I talked about his word because he speaks to you. He will speak life to you. 
the other thing is really how important it is to share what God has spoken to you with others. It's amazing as you eat, as you take in, you'll have that, that revelation to share with others and it'll be fresh food. It'll be fresh thoughts. It'll be fresh freshness, not something that he'll give you something fresh. But what's connected to that freshness is prayer. And I really want to challenge you to start really communicating to God like you've never done before. It's not hard. It's not easy. You just talk. You know, you had this wonderful opportunity tonight to respond to something if you're just wanting to touch or touching a move. And while, while I saw this, I just, it just brought me back to when I was young and I had this horrible skin disease for about seven or eight years, eczema, and I remember just sitting in the congregation and every time we used to do this at Paradise back then, invite people to the front, I would be in my chair, you know, and I'd be suffering with this, I don't know, anybody have skin complaints, have eczema or anything, dermatitis or anything like that, wouldn't realise that it just burns. And I'll be there, and the thought says, you don't need to go at the front. You need to pray. You can pray from your seat. But there was something in my heart to say, no, I need to respond. I need to respond from in within me. Because, you know, you're not responding to the people that are at the front. You're responding to a place that you're saying, God, it's not about me anymore, but I'm totally relying on you. And me coming forward is a demonstration to say, God, I give it to you. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe you and I surrender it to you. So can I encourage you? Don't let those things hold you back. Because if you don't become vulnerable in the presence of God, where are you going to be vulnerable? If you don't become open into that place where the Holy Spirit can deposit into you, how are you ever going to receive it? So don't let your friends or, you know, and I know it's difficult because everybody loves talking. Everybody likes seeing. But I, you need, I love what, it, what it, this group does because it really just it stirs. I feel a faith of stirring and pushing and going forward. I want to encourage you, don't ever, ever stop responding when there's an opportunity to come. Because what will do it, open yourself up. Just recently, I was challenged myself of this. You know, I was challenged because I was my mum and my dad. And obviously, my mum, forgetting the condition my dad had, he, he had cancer in his throat. So it's very, very difficult for him to breathe. You know, and not even five or ten minutes would go past and my mum would challenge him saying, what's wrong with you? He says, I can't breathe. I've got this horrible disease. Straight away, she'll just start praying for him and just laying her hands on him and just start praying for him. And just like if it was the first time that she prayed for him. Then 20 minutes, she'll go past and go do something else. Then she'll come back. My dad will be there <gasps> breathing like that. She goes, what's wrong with you? He says, I'm finding it hard to breathe. And she'll be there. Bang, get off. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. How dare you release this and just began to speak into that and pray in that situation. And my dad, one day I just said to my dad, I said, Dad, what do you love best about I said to my mum, what do you love best about dad? She goes, oh, I love him. You know, when he tells all these funny stories, I love it. And I said, dad, what do you love about mum? I just love it when she prays for me. When she prays for me. So every time she'll forget, she'll come and she'll pray. 
and she'll pray with a passion, with a desire, with a determination, with the word of God, declaring what God what is and doing like if it was the first time. And the Holy Spirit pulled me up. He says, John, that's your trouble. You think, you know, you've come to me for the 40th, 80th time, saying, here I go again. Dear Jesus, you know I've been to you 700 million times. He says about this issue, about this other situation, about the kids, about this and that, about my finances, about how am I ever going to break through with this? How am I ever going to break through? Lord, you know, you know. He says, I want you to be like your mum. Come to me like if it was the first time with a passion, with a determination to say, God, I thank you. I declare that you are Lord of my life. I declare that you're going to do this. Lord, it's not me, but it's you. It's your power. It's your presence. And the Holy Spirit challenged me. And I like to throw that challenge onto you again. I felt that time that God wants to release you guys into a new level of authority, into a new level of believing for the supernatural and the miraculous that God can open up for you. You'll be amazed when you go with that attitude, say, let's do this. This is what the Word of God says. Lord, I'm not thinking about what I did yesterday, but I'm coming to you right now, and I declare that you're going to open up situations. You're going to open up communities. You're going to open up areas and release people from the sadness and the situations that they are because you say it in your word and this is what you've called me to do. So tonight I want to encourage you not just to be passionate of his word but also be passionate for praying like it's your first time coming towards him. The other thing I really want you to do tonight is really just fall in love with Jesus again. It's the best thing you can do. It's the most wonderful thing to do. No agendas, nothing. When something is precious to you, you can sit down and just be in a place of rest. You know, just recently I had a heart um, operation. (laughs) The surgeons came in, you know, and they did this operation on me, but they didn't put me under, they kept me up and down. And it's amazing how they could raise my heartbeat and let it beat at 200 beats per minute and then bring it down to about 70 beats a minute and playing with my heart as they're trying to find track all these different situations. And while I was lying there, I said, how good is this? I can pray for my surgeon that you'll do a good job. <laughs> well, I'm there. And I'm thinking, God, help her. He comes to me, says, the operation's going a bit slow. It's been an hour. We've been, you know, an hour. It took three and a half hours. So he went over I said, oh, Lord Jesus, what's going on, Lord? But you know what? God gave me a word, and I stand to that word. And when I started getting that word, but then, you know, while I was under, I was praying for him. But then all of a sudden, I just began to say, I was in a place of rest. I wasn't doing anything. You know, and this surgeon can do whatever he needed to do to put things right. And I just was just believing, praising, and just at peace, totally at peace, because I knew God was doing the work. And I had that picture. You guys don't have to strive. You guys don't have to, you know, beat yourselves up. God wants you to be in a place of rest. When you rest in him, just watch what he does. You know, when we rest, he works. When we work, he rests. For many years, well, many years, this, can I just, I just want to, hell, what time we finish here? Now, we're supposed to finish now. No, 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 not whenever. When is it? 
get out of here. <laughs> Second time he's lying. Man, this guy doesn't want to go to heaven. <laughs> I just want to leave you with this, and then I'll cut off, because I really think this is, uh, is a great thing that the Holy Spirit wants to deposit in somebody's heart. You know, this word, I think, is going to... You getting something out of this? Yeah. Oh. Oh, here we That's why I bring my Bible. You see, I've got to underline it. If I was looking for my iPhone, I'd still be looking for it. <laughs> Look at this. Here it goes. Matthew 28. Pastor Freddie knows this one. Verse 18. Jesus came to them and said this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You know that? That's been transferred to you. God has given you authority. This is what I'm trying to say. If you tap into that preciousness of God, that authority that God has. Therefore, it says, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded to you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. This is what this church is doing, making disciples, doing, building the kingdom, seeing people come. But the key thing is this that really enlightened me was, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of age. Here I am for the first many years of my ministry, you know, just pastoring. I was doing it all by myself. And the Holy Spirit was just alongside me. And he pulled me up when I read this one time. He says, John, when are you going to stop doing it by yourself? Don't you realize that I want to do it with you? If you do it, I can't do it. But if we do it, we can do it. And I realize the presence of the Holy Spirit is invested in us. So then we can do it together. That we can do it together. And as you can do it together with God. That's why He's with us. That's why He's remained and given us the Holy Spirit and as a guarantee invested in our lives to be with us, to go with Him to be impressed by Him, to be led by Him, to hear His voice, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit is a wonderful thing, is a glorious thing. In fact, I just feel He wants to download something in your heart right now. I feel that He wants to speak to you while we're in this atmosphere right now. He wants to set you up right now. He's saying, can't you see how precious I am to you? Can't you see how dearly I am to you? Don't be concerned. I've set it all up for you. I'll do the timing. Leave the timing to me. Leave the opportunities to me. I will set it up for you. Just rest in me. Rest in me. Come aside with me. Let me operate. Let me do the things that are, are challenging in your heart. Let me repair some of those things. Yes, I'm going to raise your heart sometimes that you feel like it's going to break. And I'm going to bring it down to a place where you feel like you're at rest. But I'm doing the work inside your heart right now. I'm doing the work. I'm restoring you. I'm showing you that my way is above every other way. My way is supernatural. My way is not your way because it is much higher and greater 
So stop pursuing your way. Surrender it tonight. Give it over to Him tonight. Let Him take it. It's the best thing that you can do tonight is surrender your heart to Him. Not to a church, not to an organization, but this is family. This is the family of God. This is a loving family of God. It's not going to abuse you. This is the place of vulnerability where you can come and surrender. And don't look at your left. Don't look at the right. Don't look at the people that are getting married and people getting engaged. Look at me. Look at Jesus. He's got your partner. He's got the solution. He's got your answers. Stop working for yourself and work with Him. Father, I just thank you for this incredible church. Thank you for every person in this place that you love so dearly, that are so precious to you. So precious to you. So precious to you. Lord, I thank you the way you've protected them. Thank you the way you've kept them from harm. I thank you, Lord, that some of them have just responded so well to you and you're so pleased with them, with some of the decisions they made, that they've listened to you, that they've obeyed you, even though when things didn't even end up the way they wanted to end up, they listened to you. We love you. We love you. We appreciate you. You know, you might be in this place tonight and you've never really connected to this, this, this God I'm talking about, Jesus Christ. Well, that key that I said, for those who believe, the stone is precious. The key is if you believe. It's easy to believe. All you have to do is respond and say, you know what, God, I realize that I've chosen not to do things my way, but I've chosen to do your way. So you happen to be in this place tonight. I feel God challenging you and you say, you know what, I, I want to respond to this. I want to make a connection to God. I want to have that connection that, that you're talking about, that Jesus can be not only he be precious to me, but I can be, that, sorry, that I can be precious to him we can be connected together. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I do want to pray for you. I do want to make, give you an opportunity. And this is what we do. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and ask everybody maybe even to close their eyes and bow their heads, make it a bit more personal. And if that's you, just, just wave to me and I'll, I'll see you. And then after, we'll just have an opportunity. If that's you, give you an opportunity. Anyone? wants to respond to that. I'm not quite sure if there is somebody, but I always like to give an opportunity for people to connect with God. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Father God, I just thank you that you're so good, that you're so great. Thank you for being so kind to us. Thank you for being so wonderful to us, sending your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the fruit that's come out of this place. And this year, Lord, I just thank you for the increase and the multiplication 
them. They'll look back and they'll say, look how kind God has been to us. Look how much he's added to us. Thank you for these group of people. Minister to them. Bless them. Give them the revelation. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.